Hi, everyone, and welcome back to How to College for First Gen, our podcast where we get together with fellow first gen to discuss our journey to, through, and post-college. Today, we have a very exciting podcast since we are celebrating our second year anniversary and our first one that we do in person here. And with me today, I have Luz and Alejandro, and we've hit a lot of milestones in our podcast before, 10,000 plays, our first year anniversary, and today we're hitting our milestone of getting together in our second year anniversary. On today's episode, we will discuss our parents. Now, all of us have a different relationship with our parents and a different journey with our parents. And yet, though, we realize that a lot of the experiences that we share are very common, just given that our parents didn't go to college. So we will begin by just discussing a little bit of who we are as a reintroduction in our parents. So Alejandro, do you want to kick us us off? Yeah, for sure. So both of my parents grew up in San Pedro Sula, Honduras, but my mom, she grew up in a more rural area on a farm with my grandparents. And then my dad grew closer to the city. And I think that their upbringings really valued education and economic mobility. So my dad, he put himself through college. He would tell me that he would go to school throughout the day and then work throughout the night and wouldn't be home until like 12 or 1 a.m. and do it all over again, five days a week, sometimes even six days a week. And he saw it as an opportunity to escape the current situation that he was in as far as like economic status. He grew up with almost 15 siblings, um, so it was definitely a big house, but not many of them even went to college. My mom was encouraged by my dad to go back to school whenever they met. So they, they really had a strong like passion for education and saw it as an opportunity to really build themselves up and have access to more opportunities throughout life. Whenever we moved to the United States, the way that a lot of job opportunities were conditioned, they didn't really see the value of a Honduran education system, even at the higher education level. So it really was us starting from the ground up. My dad started busting tables at a restaurant in Houston, and my mom has been cleaning houses for more than a decade now. Now my dad currently works as an assistant manager at a soap manufacturing company, and my mom has still been cleaning houses. So. It's been a struggle getting to where we're at right now, but I think that they've been very cognizant about making significant investments in my future and my brother's futures as well. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Luz, tell us a little bit about you and your family. Like Alejandro, my parents are immigrants. So my mom's from El Salvador. My dad's from Mexico. They moved here when they were in their teens. They met here in Houston. Neither of them went to college. They have only an elementary school education back from their home countries. And I guess education really wasn't a huge priority for them. I mean, it wasn't something that they knew back home. And it wasn't something they were familiar with when they got here. And everyone they knew around them didn't have a college education or anything. Um, So my dad works in construction. My mom was a stay-at-home mom while we were growing up. And then when we all were, you know, school-age kids, she started cleaning offices and she works for Walmart now. They didn't really see, like, education as something that had to be done, but they, at the same time, didn't discourage it either. So I have four siblings. I'm the second of, of the five. It was a full house. Like Alejandro, both of my parents also had like 12 or however many siblings it was. Like we all just kind of lose track at that point. 
And most of my mom's side of the family is in Houston now too, so it was the same for all of all of them as well. That education wasn't a priority for them either. Yeah, very similar uh, to both of you. My mom's also one of like sixteen. Uh, the difference though is that only my mom and me are in the U.S. in Houston. So I have a lot of family in California. I have a lot of family in Arizona, Alabama, but it's just just being me and my mom here. So in many ways, my relationship with my mom was not the traditional mother daughter. It was more like we were a pair and I translated for everything. And so that gave me a lot of empowerment from a very young age to make decisions for both of us. Right? Like when we went to the doctor, the doctor would ask me, does your mom want this medicine? And because she didn't know, I would be like, sure, <laughs> that sounds good to me. Right. So in many ways, it didn't feel like the traditional mother. I tell you what to do. It was always like I knew the language. Therefore, I also had a lot more knowledge than, than she did. My mom pushed education a lot, like from a very, very young age. As a matter of fact, I remember when I was like nine, she took me to clean houses with her. Then after we were done, she then said, did you like this? Did you like your day today? And I was like, not particularly. She was like, what would you rather have done today? I was like, oh, I don't know, read a book, watch TV. She's like, okay, well, if you didn't like what we did today, you probably should really like school or else this is what your future is going to look like. And so that really like was really engraved in me, right? That I was like, okay, so if I don't do well in school, I'm going to clean houses. And although it's a really decent job, right? I was like, not very good at it, number one. <laughs> and number two, I was like, this is not really what I want to do because then I would see how much my mom was getting paid and it was not a lot. And she would check like my report cards all the time. She would be asking a lot of questions. Like she would go to the school conferences, the Spanish ones, and then she would go and wait until everybody was gone and go to the principal and be like, okay, how's my daughter doing? How is she doing with grades? So that's so proactive. I'm surprised she had the time to do that. No, I think she, she just prioritized education a lot for us or for me, you know. So did you all have an instance like, like I did that sort of ingrained in you that this was the path and that you had to do this? Or was there no pressure at all, like if it happened? Yeah, I think the pressure for me was definitely up there, especially because I went to a college preparatory, like middle school slash high school. So it was always something that like we were thinking about. And I remember whenever I got my acceptance package for my like middle school slash like high school, they told me you were a part of class of 2020 in the sense that like we weren't, the, the school wasn't looking at you like graduating like high school. They were looking at you graduating from a four year university. So it was always in the mindset about like, where are you going to go? How are you going to pay for it? And we're here to kind of like support you through that process. And for my parents, it was always like, let's try to give you as much as you need to make sure that you have access to like this opportunity because they, they saw like the value it had for them growing up in Honduras and how much like it impacted like their lives and their ability to like have children and support them. And they wanted that for me too. For me, it was, there was not a moment where I was like, yes, this is happening. It was more of a gradual process, I would say, where it was sort of like, I heard it from other people that like, oh, they want to go to college. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. And the more I heard it, I think the more I was like, okay, I guess that's what people do. Like, that's what the next step is. So when I went to high school, I went to a school that was like very college oriented and obviously <laughs> heard, it, heard it a lot more there. And, and that really solidified that idea that like, okay, well, that's what I should do so that I can get a step up in the world and really be able to 
more so decide what I wanted to do with my life instead of having these like kind of menial jobs that at the end of the day weren't really satisfying or brought any joy. It was just about like making sure there was enough like money to put food on the table. So for both of you, it sounds like your high school experience really shaped that, right? Of like your peers were doing it. And same thing for me, right? Like I went to Lamar High School and I was in the honors program where like everybody would talk about like taking the SAT. That's how I learned about it. I was like, what's this SAT thing, right? And I had a friend in high school who had tutors, SAT tutors, on Tuesdays and Thursdays come to her house. So I was like, can I hang out with you on Tuesdays and Thursdays? Because I wanted to to learn this SAT thing, right? You know, and this is when I told my mom, like, I think I need to take, take, start taking a prep class. And we sold some tamales to, to get into a prep class. But I think our peers influenced oh. a lot of, of what we did. So I noticed that all of us went to college in Texas. So did that have anything to do with staying close to your parents? Yes, absolutely. I knew I did not want to leave Houston because I was not ready to be too far from home and while I did leave, live at Rice while I was in college and didn't actually see my parents like every weekend or anything I, I think I only saw them during like the major breaks I still had that sense that like should anything go wrong I could go home and it would be okay and so it was very important that I had that access to them should I needed. College was such a new thing and so my older sister commuted so it wasn't like she was away it was the same thing as like high school she would go for the day come back didn't really feel different so when I was going to live there I was like I don't know what that's gonna be like so just wanted to be ready yeah I think for me I mean I knew I wanted to get out of Houston like regardless but I like my intention was like getting out of Texas and whenever I started applying to college I started to realize oh this is what it means to be undocumented. Because I found out when I was 15, I was asking my mom like for my social security card because I wanted to go work, to work at Target because all my classmates were getting high school jobs. She, Whenever she told me I didn't have one, like I didn't really understand like why. But once I started applying to schools and getting like acceptance packages from schools that I like got into and wanted to go to out of state, like the balance was $60,000. <laughs> and I don't have $60,000 a year. Um, and that was solely because of my citizenship status. I didn't have access to federal aid or loans. So the options were really to stay like in Texas. And I had two options, deciding to go to U of H, um, main campus for a full ride, or going to St. Edwards University in Austin and paying a little bit <laughs> more than I would be comfortable with. But my mindset was that I know at some point in my like college career, I want to be in D.C. And I thought being in the capital of Texas, where I had access to so many opportunities in relation to like politics and public service, I knew that network would elevate me to getting to where I needed to be. So it wasn't really necessarily staying close to my parents. It was much more like, where can I leverage my network and build my network most to build my career and what I wanted to do? I didn't see the point of staying somewhere like that I felt very comfortable and grew up in. And I saw this as an opportunity to really build my career. That is super interesting that you were so aware of like what your future was going to be. Because I think for me, it was just like, this is the next step. So that's what I'm going to do. There was definitely a lot of backlash from my college counselors. And I remember my college counselor telling me that like, there are no stupid decisions whenever you're like, going to college but i think you're making a bad decision going to like austin and like if anything like (laughs) i think that made me like 
choose like my college out of spite. I'm just like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Like you don't tell me what to do. And just because you have this one perception of what it means to be undocumented and low income, I shouldn't make a decision that you So think what about you, the, the role that your parents play there? Did they say, did they get scared about the amount of money you were taking in loans or what, what was, and that you were also leaving? What was their take there? I told them my situation. They told me, like, we're going to make it work. We trust you to make these decisions. Let's make it work. And they were full, fully, like, on board, like, with my decision. They saw, like, how much, like, I invested, like, in myself throughout, like, high school that they felt like, oh, this is a good ROI <laughs> on, like, me, like, investing in my child and, like, doing, like, what he wants to do. And, and you were the very first one to go to college in your family, right? Exactly. Yeah. So my older brother, he went to community college, but then dropped out. But I was trying to figure out myself and what an internship like was and what fellowships were and like, how do you apply, how you're supposed to continue to apply to scholarships even throughout like your experience as well. So we're talking about this already, but would love to hear how your parents dealt with us being away and then coming home, even though away could be a couple miles, right? Like, I was, I don't know, like five miles from my mom. I was really, really close, right? Well, you haven't told us why you decided to stay. Oh, sure. Yeah. So uh, very similar, right? Like grew up undocumented. So I got into rice and rice seemed like the safe choice. Like I didn't have to travel anywhere, right? I, I didn't even know if I could get on a plane. I didn't even know if I could get on a bus. And I think, I think growing up, we just grew up with a lot of fear of like what could happen if we got caught. And my mom's view was always like, we work too hard to risk too much. So it was a combination of like, you always risk a little bit, but not too much because risking too much was too dangerous. And so Rice just seemed like the good school, right? It, it seemed like it was close to home, but I did ask to live on campus just because I, I really wanted to experience the college life. And I had like read all these books about college and how college was a time that you were supposed to get to know yourself and explore things, right? And I felt like commuting home wouldn't give me that freedom and, and that liberty. Now I'll transition into during college, right? So I didn't see my mom every weekend. Like I, I think I was really busy, right? Like with school and, and just really overwhelmed. Not necessarily by the academics. I don't, I don't think the academics at Rice scared me because I had gone through a really rigorous program at Lamar High School, right? Like the IB program is no joke. So, so it wasn't the, the work that scared me. I, I think what scared me the most was like, when would this be over, right? Like, was I going to come and pick me up out of my dorm? And like, would this all be taken away in a blink of an eye? Obviously, now I know too much that I wouldn't be going, hopefully, to college campuses, right? But I think while you're in the middle of the dancing, that was my biggest fear. But I, I, I did struggle to bring my mom with me, like not physically, but like, helping her to understand that like I couldn't come home every weekend and that I was I was doing a lot of like academics but I was also doing a lot of like involvement at Rice and like getting all this program started so so love to hear how you all brought your parents metaphorically to college with you all or if, or if you didn't and you begin to see maybe a disconnect between who you were becoming and who your parents were back home um, so I can start I did not metaphorically I feel like I didn't have to because I had siblings so I could worry about them while I was in college doing my thing, and it was just easier that way. Didn't have to worry about, like, added pressure to those guys, so it was just easier. 
I think for me, it was like, how can I show my parents that I can just like mind my business and get good grades? <laughs> that was like my like biggest thing because I wanted to really like grow into myself and like really like figure out like who like I was, find like some definition of what it means to like be like successful. And then later in life, realizing that I get to decide what like success and I don't I shouldn't like determine like someone else or someone else's idea of success to be that. But the way that I brought like my parents along is that like, hey, I got this scholarship to go fly out to D.C. for a week or like I'm like going to San Francisco this weekend because my internship is like flying me out to do this, to attend this conference, things like that. And I think that in a way that was me showing them that there's a point to like all of this. Like it's not just like you going to school. It's it, you have a lot more access to like resources and opportunities. Like I think for them, it kind of saw like, oh, like he's fine. Like we don't like really have to worry about it. I think that's also an aspect of like the middle child syndrome where like a lot of the pressure is on like, what is the older brother doing? And like, why aren't they doing like enough? And then also like coddling and baby, like the younger brother. So for me, it was just like, yeah, I, I kind of just want to do my own thing. And it worked out for me because I always got the chance. Anytime I saw an opportunity to travel somewhere, I took it. And that was not just for me to get like that educational experience or like build like myself professionally. It was just like, I want to like meet more people who share the same like passions or share like different experiences and getting to like kind of tell them about them, whether it's like sending them pictures of like where I'm at or talking to them like about like these experiences in a way it was like they were going to college with me. So for you, it was very much about sharing, like communicating. You didn't have to have them there as long as you told them what you were doing. Yeah, exactly. The way that I saw it early on, I was just like, I kind of just want to do my own thing in my, my business and like sending them pictures of my grades <laughs> was a good way to kind of like keep them at bay that yeah, like, I'm fine. Like, don't worry about it. But later in life, it just became, I'm like working at the U.S. House of Representatives for my congresswoman and I'm undocumented. Like, that's crazy. And I actually flew out my dad for his birthday to visit me in D.C. And like, he was just like so like stunned and in awe. Like, we made it out the hood kind of like, <laughs> kind of like mindset. Like, I would have like never like experienced and like he's fully undocumented too. So like to be able to walk these halls and like get a tour of where like all the representatives meet to like vote and like meet like my like congresswoman who I was working for and seeing like AOC like at the time was just like very, very, very wild to him. And for me, like it was a really good gift to give like him that like he could like see me do this yeah. in real time. So, but for you, Luz, you were like, I don't need to yeah, do any no. of that. Like, I mean, I told him about like milestones. Like, I felt like that was enough. Like, little tidbit here, little tidbit there. They were getting like the overall sense that I was okay. But I remember when I decided to study abroad after my sophomore year during the summer. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to Australia, New Zealand. They're like, okay, yeah. Because I don't think they believed that that was going to happen. <laughs> and then when I like applied and booked my trip and everything, I was like, oh, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to Australia, New Zealand in like two weeks or whatever it was. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as long as they knew, like when I was traveling, where I was going, that was enough for me for them to be like involved in a sense. So that felt so like it was. you also send pictures from New Zealand or you didn't? Yeah. I mean, I took plenty of pictures and I showed it to them when I came back, but... Yeah, it wasn't like they were getting, you know, real-time updates. I, I approached this very differently because I know that my mom likes to feel wanted and needed. Like, for example, in high school, right? Like, she could never help me with my homework. She has a third-grade education, right? But she would always have a cup of coffee ready to go. 
Like that was her way of like contributing to my education, right? She would always be like, here's a cup of coffee. Like you don't need to cook. You don't need to like do anything. Just focus on your studies. And so in college, I thought about how can I involve her while making sure she felt like she was contributing it. So if you remember, we used to have a lot of like Latino cultural shows, right? And so I would ask her, can you make us two flans? Or can you help us with the food, right? And she would then feel like, oh, I'm part of this, right? And she would cook it and then bring it over to rice and like see the cultural show, right? So for her, I think it, she felt that she was part of it because she was doing something for us. Same thing when we did like Young Owls or Urban Merchant, all these other programs that we were part of, right? I would be like, can you make me spaghetti for like 60 people? And she's like, yes, of course. And she'd like, would get working. And I think because of that, she felt like she was part of it even though it had nothing to do with the actual studies even though it had nothing to do with what I was actually doing she still felt like this is how I'm helping Norma along the way I felt like she was part of it too because that's how I got to know your mom what was the hardest part for your parents to understand or comprehend as you were going through college well the one that comes to mind first is why I wasn't sleeping like eight hours a day because I do remember at one point telling them that I was staying up to like, you know, 2 a.m. or whatever, trying to finish up homework. And they're like, why Why is that like a thing? Like, why do you have to do that? And I was like, well, I got a lot of work to do and, you know, got all these other things going on that this is like the only time that I get to actually work on just my homework or whatever it was. And so I think that took a while for them to really understand that that's what I was doing because obviously I'm sure they worried about like health. <laughs> Yeah, I think I shared the same relationship with my parents as well, too, because I would talk about how difficult some things are and like how I had to like not only like manage turning in assignments for like four or five different classes like each semester, but I also had to clock in for my shift at Freebirds, pay my rent and also do like an internship like on the side that wasn't like paying me enough to just like survive. And I think they saw it as like the they were kind of comparing the spectrums of like difficulty as far as like physical difficulty that their jobs like brought them compared to like my like emotional like mental like difficulty that I was facing throughout like undergrad so it's just like what are you complaining about like you're you're not working like 10 12 hours a day like doing like manual labor and like coming home like tired and it's just like it's a different type of tired that like I'm coming home and like just because like we're not expending the same physical energy, the level of difficulty is like definitely there. And it was hard for them to wrap their heads around that this is like hard and it wasn't just like school. Like it was also me like developing like my emotions a lot and like naming them and kind of like struggling like through my mental health and not really being able to talk to them about these things too. Yeah, I think for, especially for a lot of Latino maybe immigrants, I don't know, maybe just Latino parents, it's really hard to explain that sometimes we're not okay because we're supposed to be okay. We're supposed to be put together. We're like the ones that are quote unquote making it, right? And so anytime that's not the case and, and we're not feeling like that's the case, I think it freaks them out, right? Like because it's so new to them and it's like if you can hold it together, right, then what's the hope for the rest of us to not be there? I want to go back to the point, Luz, that you were making about sleeping, because I think that that has, there's two things that I've really struggled to explain to my mom, and I'm still failing at now <laughs> to explain to her. And maybe it's three things, Alejandro, if, if, if I really think about what you were just saying. So the number one thing is why I didn't sleep enough in college. Yeah, you definitely slept even less than I did. Yes. And that freaked her out. 
the second part was what you were saying, right? That like sometimes I need a break. Like sometimes I just I'm not okay. That I need to just go see my my psychologist, right? Like my therapist. Go like that. I need to just take time for me. And, and at Harvard, that happened a lot. Where I was just like, I feel a lot of guilt that makes me sad, and that prevents me from enjoying the everyday things. It doesn't feel okay being in this yacht while my mom's cleaning houses, and and the ramifications of this feeling. I don't know how to put them into words, and I don't know why they're making me really sad. And because my mom would be like, I don't understand why you feel guilty. Like this is what I worked for. Like, you're not supposed to feel guilty about this. And then the third thing now, as an adult, is explaining to her why I don't work 40 hours a week. Because in my mom's brain, right, I went to college, I graduated, I was supposed to have a good job that pays me well, but I was also supposed to only work 40 hours. That I have not been able to explain. Like, I always tell her, okay, well, your friends that have kids that work 40 hours a week, I bet you they don't make what I make. And then she'd be like, yeah, but is that worth it? Like, is, is this what I sacrificed for? The answer is I don't know. Sounds like that's something you're still figuring out for yourself. Because for me, I don't think it's worth it. I, do, I would not take a job like that where I couldn't have time for myself afterwards. I mean, granted, every once in a while, we'll have like a late day in the office. And, you know, my parents will be calling and be like, you know, why are you still working? It's like, well, you know, just having to like have these things that I need to work on. But I value having a little more time for myself. Yeah. And I think early on in my 20s, I've also like realized like how much I value my like familial relationships and like friendships. Like it sounds like very corny to like say you're like really cheesy, but like I literally can do anything with like my friends. I feel so like incredibly supported by like the support system, not only just like in the aspect of just like my professional life, but also like really tapping into like the creative aspects of like myself and like in order to have like my full like human experience it's really not like just my job there's like much more that i want to like invest in my life outside of this i talk to my parents about like sacrifice a lot because they associate accomplishments and getting ahead with sacrifices and i remember whenever i moved into my condo like i talked to my dad about like wow like I'm living like alone for the first time and like I have the financial like capabilities and like comfort to be able to like do this and like still like invest in myself and save and have like all these comforts that like I like deserve and his response was like, es que son los sacrificios, son los sacrificios, like everything like is all about a sacrifice and like I told him straight up like I'm, I'm kind of done sacrificing like uh, I don't think that I should have to give up something of myself to get to where I like need to be and that's really been like my relationship with how I see like my job like I don't feel like I have to sacrifice like my mental health or wellness if there's one thing about me I'm going to the gym throughout the week I'll like push a meeting to like <laughs> make sure I have that in like my day because I know that's that's like necessary for me to function I'm not going to be like working like through like my 50s and 60s like I'm going to try like my hardest to make sure that like I can retire by like my 40s because I know that there's much more to my life than a job. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't learned that yet. I think that's something it, it took me a couple of years to really learn that too because I think initially... I probably wasn't working well over 40 hours. And it was just like, I thought that that's, you know, what you had to do to get ahead in your career and, you know, whatnot. But then, I, like you said, Alejandro, you learned that it really is about, you know, your family connections, your friend connections, all that good stuff. And I realized at the end of the day, like, if I don't get this report out, you know, today, no one's going to die. Like, Ali's not for my job. And you can't, you know, can't say that for every single job. 
But I realized that when I go home, I go home. I'm not turning on my computer unless I'm working on, like, you know, personal stuff. Because there's no thing that I work on that's life and death situation that can't wait till the next day. And actually, I've heard this from, like, some of my supervisors as well. When I, when I go on a vacation, they're like, don't get on your computer. Don't be working because it's your vacation. It's your time off. So I've really learned to, like, really take that to heart. And work is not going to keep me from enjoying my life. Enjoy my life for the record, <laughs> uh, but I have not figured it out the way the two of you. I, I think that I equate my identity so much with my job. And you're right, right, that there's so many more things of who I am in different dimensions. But I, I think that for me, it is so much of who I am that I don't know how to disentangle those two things. And I don't want to disentangle those two things. Like, that's what brings me happiness, right? A lot of people at my job are like, it's just a job. And, and to me, it's like, okay, but we do it 80% of our lives. It can't just be just a job because no, it's not just a job. It's a, it's a different mentality. And maybe throughout the years, maybe once I have a child, I'll, I'll think about things differently. Yeah. But both of you mentioned that you have been able to have maybe more familial moments. Um, so I'd love to hear maybe the instance where you've seen your parents the happiest. And did it have anything to do with your college journey? I think it's just different because like my parents are like very different people and I think they value different things. My mom was like ecstatic whenever she saw my salary for my offer letter. Like she couldn't believe that like I was like making like this income. <laughs> like I couldn't believe it like either. Like I was still trying to like rep, like damn like y'all paying me to put in data and like <laughs> like communicate with people like this is is this what like a corporate career is? For my dad, he's happiest whenever I'm experiencing like everything that i like want to experience mm -hmm. i think for my mom like she definitely just like equates like career success to like i've like done it like i've like made it and like my job also just really matches like my personality and i think in a lot of ways that makes me feel like my job isn't really a job like half of the time it's still a job at the end of the day and there's some there's there's things that are much more important to in your life than that and i think he says that because like he's seen himself sacrifice his own life for his job i think i would have to uh, agree with alejandro when they've seen me be happy with like the things that i get to do because of the college education i think they've been happy but i think also when we've been able to do family vacations and just like all be together and hang out as family i think i think we all enjoy that the happiest that i've ever seen my mom ever is when I graduated from Harvard speaking about sacrifices that has to be like when I think for my mom we made it all worth it like seeing me walk across the stage having her walk across the stage with me because Harvard allows you to bring somebody on stage with you when you graduate and like me placing the stole on her and being like this is for you this is you like we did it together I think that that for her it was like wow right and and i like i remember like when i got into harvard like she told everybody like she told the, the trash man i'm like mommy they don't care for her i think it just made it all worth it for her it's not much about the money i think she, she doesn't comprehend any like she's just like as long as you have like enough then like any amount above that yeah for her just like okay cool but i again right like i think she pushes me to think about the trade-offs of like so yes, you make good money, but what is it that you're sacrificing for for it? Or and is it worth it? Right? Is that what you want out of your life? Which I appreciate. I mean, sometimes I don't want to hear it because I'm like, I know what I'm doing, right? But but I still appreciate that she brings up the concern. 
Lastly, is there anything that you wish your parents would have done differently in your educational journey? But I just feel like I wish my parents gave me a lot more space to really like sit and like feel like my emotions because it was, I think they were always like in the state of like survival mode. And I think like their relationship to money has also like traumatized like them and like how like they like spend and like conserve and like all these different things. And now like that I've like gotten to the point where like I don't really need to worry about like these things. Like there's a lot like more liberty to like talk about like these things. And they're able to empathize a little bit more because they realize that like coming back from college, like, oh, this is like a whole person. And uh, it's not like just like my child. This is a whole person. Sometimes I wish like that like would have like happened like earlier on in my life. That That's helped me like in so many like aspects of my life, like even like thinking about my job, like how important it is to like be honest, like with your manager mm-hmm. and like communicate with them well, just as it is, it's just as important to do that, like within like your friendships and relationships. My parents were semi hands off and it just worked for me that way. Like I was totally cool with that. I think that the, a lot of my choices are based on a lot of trauma from a very young age because all my cousins had kids really young, right? Like teenagers. It was really engraved in me that like, you will not succeed if you get pregnant. Like you will not succeed if you get pregnant, right? Like do not become a teenage mom. Do not become a teenage mom. And so that was like my biggest fear other than ice. My biggest fear was it was ice and then getting pregnant, right? Like getting deported, and getting pregnant. Um, and I think that I've now also carried that into my thirties of like, can I do this? Can I succeed being a mom? And now she, like the roles have flipped, right? Like now she's like, so you're going to have children, right? And I'm like, that's interesting, right? Because for the first 20 years of my life, you told me you're not succeeding with a child or it's going to be harder with a child. And so, so I think now like the thinking is somehow things have changed because I'm 30 and like now I can succeed with the child. So, so I think I, I would just caution parents out there to like careful on like, the fears you instill in your children, whether that's like pregnancy or whether that's like, you're gonna be poor for the rest of your life if you don't do this. They begin to sort of ingrain themselves and, and carry through our through our years as we go through it. It's, it's really hard to like undo a lot of the things that we've been taught. And that's work too, like managing like that anxiety and like reminding yourself that like these things are like only like temporary. And just because like your parents like have this perspective on like how you should like operate your life or like what you should like fear, like that. I think a lot of like immigrant parents, especially are very like fear, like based like individuals, mm-hmm. like they're always like anticipating the worst. And like, I think for me, it's like, it's always going to work out. Like no matter like what I go through, like it's always going to work out because these feelings are only like temporary and I'm not my feelings. It seems like you guys had some like extreme views with your parents. Like it's either all or nothing kind of deal. And we never talked about being poor because like we had enough and that was all that mattered. And obviously, yes, like if you were a teen mom, like it was, you know, maybe not the best choice, but like it happened all the time in my family that it wasn't like, oh, you know, you're doomed or whatever. Like, it was just, it is what it is. Like, you, you know, you figure it out from there. So it, I, I feel like I didn't have any of those kind of fears instilled in me, which I very much appreciate now that it was a very chill upbringing. And I think it's what's helped me be a chill person. I think now it's, it's also recognizing that we have that and making sure we don't pass it to another generation, <laughs> right? This like fear of nest. Regardless, though, I think that our parents obviously did great things. Um, we obviously are all here. We're continuing to learn more importantly, I think we are recognizing some of the good, some of the bad, and we're working on it. 
I think overall, though, we just want to thank our parents for their support and love. 